Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, My First Season. Very special guest today. This gentleman and I, we met during his first season in Club Med Paradise Island in the 2002-2003 season, where he was a tennis geo. Interesting story. He was born in Montreal, but he was also raised in France and Monaco. And we are going to get into that. Hopefully, he'll be happy to answer some questions on that. Without further ado, everyone, please help me welcome from Montreal, Mr. Fabrice. Fabrice, how are you, sir? Hi, Greg. I'm good. I'm good. Great to speak with you. I'm yeah, a great fan uh, of uh, your podcast. I love it. So you are, that would make you a longtime listener, first time caller. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, thanks for agreeing to come on. You know, when My I, pleasure. when I knew you and met you in paradise, you always seemed to be uh, smiling. You always had a positive attitude. That, that's what I remember most about you. It's like nothing could get you down. It's a good find introduction. It. I yeah, like it. To find out how that started but yeah because i'm interested in your backstory so okay born in montreal so then how does someone get raised a bit in france and monaco if i may ask yeah my parents are french and um they came to montreal i think late 60s and uh because of uh, my dad's work and my mom's work pretty much we had to travel on and off between uh, paris so we left to paris for about 10 years then we came back here in montreal where i studied you know college and university and then I went back to um, my dad is from Monaco so Monaco was a bit of um, how could I say the anchor of the family so I went back there and worked for a few years like three four years and then I head back to Montreal to uh, do my MBA that was in 2001 and, uh, and okay, later wait, in my I, life I, I, I just back. have yeah. a few questions before you can sure sure that. so what am I allowed to ask what kind of work you're parents did that would bring them uh my dad was in book edit editing right and my mom was a university teacher so oh she was it wasn't related but because family was in europe at some point they wanted to get back there and for for uh, my dad's business it was um more um it it was better to do that in paris at some point and then eventually they they wanted to come back can you say your dad's profession again uh, book editing. Oh, book editing. Okay. And yeah, publishing what, and editing. Yeah. What, what subject was your mom teaching? Uh, she's an anthropologist and she was studying uh, Mexican, how could I say, uh, Mayan, the, 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 the sense of Maya, uh, how they live in Yucatan. So probably you went to Cancun and you've seen uh, all those uh, beautiful pyramids and, uh, and historical sites. So basically she lived in villages uh, at some point living with Mayas. And, you know, just studying uh, how they carry on their traditions and so on. So in, in, very interesting family uh, to be a part of. I did, very, see a, uh, uh, I did see a lot of those ruins when I, when I spent yeah. a year in Cancun. I also saw a lot of Coco Bongo too, the nightclub. <laughs> but so is that, a, is that how your, your father and mother met? Because he was a book editor and she was, <laughs> she was a, a university professor? Is Doing research. No, I think they both met as immigrants in Canada. Oh, wow. You okay. know, as French people do, they, many times they gather together and, you know, mingle and that's how they create the bond and right. here we were yeah so, so if your so, dad is from monaco does that make you part monegasque from background yes i guess okay from which, tradition yeah which is but what not, i learned uh, someone from yeah. monaco is called it's monegasque i watch a lot of exactly. jeopardy so yeah, that's how you're i right. know that <laughs> okay wow all right so okay and you said you did your mba in 2001 or 2000 Exactly. I came back to Montreal in 2001. So I worked in, in trading for a, a big uh, American institution called Bear Stearns, uh, which got famous for uh, a yes. big bankruptcy. That's right. 2008. Now, now you did your MBA I came back, I, <laughs> at HEC? 
in Montreal. That's right. Yes, in Montreal, it was a one-year program. A lot of fun, a lot of studying. One year. Uh, well, this must have been one year intense, no? Very intense, hard work. So 52 weeks nonstop and you, you work like 100 hours a week. And it's, it's great. You create a lot of great bonds with your uh, fellow students. And, you know, they really pump you. They tell you, you're great. You're the future leaders of the country and the big businesses. And you get out of that and you're like, okay, now I'm doing my job search. And it was right after one year after you know, September 11th, and there were a lot of people in the market. We were in a recession back then. And I found myself in October, November 2002 looking for jobs. And I was like, oh, it doesn't look very good here. Maybe I should look somewhere else. And a former colleague of mine was transferred uh, from Monaco to Nassau in the Bahamas. And I really had Bahamas under my radar screen and I wanted to go there. And Even, and, and I had some friends who went to Club Med and at some point they were like, well, Fabrice, you, you teach tennis. Why don't you just take the winter off and, um, and go teach tennis, enjoy the winter and uh, okay, now, come back. May I hold you up here one moment? Yeah. So sure. how, how old were you when you started to learn tennis? Roughly? Learning tennis, I was like, I don't know, five, four. Really? What was it about, yeah. what was it about that sport that drew you to it? Well, if, if you look back like in the 70s, because that's from where I go back from. Tennis was a big thing. Like the stars like Bjorn Borg with superstars, uh, John McEnroe, the Jimmy Connors. It was a really glamorous sport. I think it still is. But back then, they were superstars and everyone was talking about them. And I don't know, there was a lot of uh, glimmer about it. And uh, everyone wanted to play tennis and become the next superstar in tennis. So I think I saw my uncles play when I was a kid. I was like, wow, it looks nice. And everybody was watching them playing. I was like, wow, it seems to be the cool thing to do, right? So I want to learn. And eventually, you know, I started to play a bit uh, competitive when I was in my um, early teens, did well. And then we moved to Canada. And it was more complicated to play with winter. And, uh, you know, you play less tennis uh, all year round. And I kind of switched to uh, teaching and I loved it. I really enjoyed teaching to the very young kids. I did a lot of that for maybe four or five years. I also worked uh, at Tennis Canada. So I always stayed in the tennis uh, environment despite moving to finance later on. But tennis was really uh, always a passion for me. It was like a hobby and, and it made sense to go back to tennis when You know, I didn't have other options uh, work-wise. And that's why after my MBA, I considered teaching tennis for, for the winter. Okay. I have two questions. So for our, sure. listeners, our listeners who don't know, MBA stands for married but available, correct? <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. That? Okay. I'm kidding. No. Second question. Uh, who is your, did you have a favorite tennis player when you were growing up? Yeah, I loved John McEnroe. First, because he was left-handed and I am left-handed too. And um, I thought he had, you know, he was standing out with his character. Although now with uh, a little more wisdom, I think he was just misbehaving and, and a brat many times. But I thought it was, you know, he was showing attitude and rebellion. And when you're a teen, it, it always appeals to teen, right? Yeah. Okay, may I ask you a technical question about tennis? I haven't asked this, I haven't asked this before, but because I'm really fascinated. You know, tennis is the one sport I never learned in Club Med. I learned a, I learned how to play everything else because you realize how hard it is. Now, when you're watching, when you were playing, like after the serve, okay, like how do you know? Like to me, it looks like you in tennis, you basically have to guess because the ball is served so hard or the forehand is so hard, you have to guess where if he's going to go down the line or you know 
or opposite yeah. you. So are you looking for tells from the tennis player before that ball's hit? Or are you just guessing where you think he's going to hit the ball or she's going to hit the ball? How do you know? Because you have to make a decision, right? If you're standing in the yeah, middle of the yeah. court, you have to go left exactly. or right. So how do you know? Are you, are, is it, are you guessing? Are you watching his tells like in poker, I guess? Do they have tells in tennis players? Yeah, yeah. I guess you can uh, you can look at people's face and try to figure out. And is, you that, know, what, is that what you My did? very uh, humble, uh, you know, my humble talent in tennis, I can tell you, well, if you have a weakness, they'll probably try to hit your weakness. Your weakness, sorry. Ah, okay. uh, so maybe your back end or depending which side of the court they're serving in. So there's a bit of, you know, strategy to it and tactic. And so you, you have to watch. To... So you do like research, yeah. like a boxer watches tape of his opponent before then, right? Yeah. Yeah. When you have, when you reach a certain level and you have access to tapes, yeah, for sure. But <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> for yeah. everyday maybe player, it's not, maybe, it's not, not, maybe it's not on tape anymore. You're right. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're streaming. All right. So, okay. So I'm, so now I'm seeing how you got to Club Med Paradise Island. You had never been to Club Med before you had heard about it, but now you had a direct contact who told you about the Club Med on Paradise Island. Is that right? Yes, I had friends who were former geos. Um, one was um, um, daycare geo, and the other one was uh, all, all sports geo or animation geo. I think. Did you have and an? Did on- you did you have an interview with Clement? Yes. Yes. Where, so where, where they, was it? Uh, it was in Montreal, in uh, I think one of the downtown hotels, and they gathered, you know, a bunch of us in in the bar, and we had to um, just present ourselves, and they got into some situation. Um, we had to basically demonstrate how we would entertain clients if on a rainy rainy day right oh so we had to come up with, yeah so we had to come up with ideas and you know oh they God. would basically see how we what was your idea i have to know i can't remember uh, if oh, it was like a, you know paper airplane uh, race or something like that i can't remember oh it's, a, it's the worst i can't believe it hit you with yeah. like the hard the hardest <laughs> most difficult thing to do when it's raining and no one's happy now you have to entertain guests yeah. for three days on end oh man bad that's actually that's pretty clever too in a way because but it is a hard question to answer it is it oh is indeed and did they ask you to see any qualifications that you were a tennis instructor? Yes, I had to uh, to do a test with a coach, which happened to be my uh, university uh, coach, uh, tennis uh, tennis coach at the are you, university. Are you so, yeah, so it was okay. an easy uh, done deal with him. It was like, <laughs> yeah, don't worry, you'll pass. Although I I had not touched a racket maybe for three four years, so I I played maybe um, you know four or five hours with him just to uh, ramp up a little bit. And there was a bit of ramp up when I first showed up at, uh, in Bahamas. So, yeah. All right. So I have, after the interview, how long did it wait for them to get back to you? It was quicker than I expected. And I remember I was doing job search with uh, some friends at university. And one afternoon they called me and they were like, uh, maybe after two weeks, they called me and they said, uh, are you ready to go? Sure, it depends when, where. And uh, they told me, well, you'd be probably going to Bahamas in two weeks. And Bahamas was really where I wanted to be for professional reasons, because I knew I could make some uh, contacts there in banks and local banks. So I said, great for Bahamas and uh, great for two weeks. I'm in. And then I shared the news with all my uh, fellow students, MBA students, and they were all looking for serious jobs in Montreal and, and, you know, did you tell them your start- did you tell them your starting salary in Clement? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't tell them the salary. Okay, I told them the perks. Okay, the perks. Like, yes. I can't believe it. You got it. You got the plan. <laughs> you didn't want to. You didn't want to brag about your starting MBA salary in Clubmed, so that's probably a smart thing. Okay. Yeah. 
But you know, one of um, the reasons my friend I was animation geo told me, you know, if you're looking for a job, I mean, it's probably the best place for you on earth because you'll meet amazing people. I mean, clients all have great jobs and it's probably the better, a better networking position for you than staying home and, you know, sending applications and resume. Just go there. You'll meet tons of people. And I was a bit skeptical about it, but it turned out to be exactly what happened. So you get to the resort now you're, you're there yeah. your, your first day, your first week, any culture shock or not really? Cause if for someone who was born in Montreal, but raised in Europe, I guess you weren't really phased by anything or, or did you have any club med culture shock, anything? Um, culture shock, not really. Um, I think I was expecting the lifestyle in the Caribbeans, but the club med shock. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think within the first couple of days, I was in total shock. I was like, who are these people? Geos are way too extroverted for me i can't this is not me i don't belong here there must have been a mistake when they hired when they hired me uh, everyone was so um, you know outgoing and you know loud and having fun and extroverted and i was like this is not me i won't be able to be part of that <laughs> i think i wanted to hide you know the first couple of nights i was like i can't do that i can't go on stage it's impossible it's not me Really? You never, you never came across um, to me as um, someone that was shy, but uh, I guess you hit it well. <laughs> yeah. No, well, no, it was a real shock. It was a real shock, especially the first time on stage. It was like, it was a big, uh, you know, well, the yeah, transition stage. from, yeah. transition from, you know, the real life. I mean, not, I don't want to say real life, but like serious finance lifestyle to go up on a stage and do crazy sign is quite, <laughs> there's quite a gap between the two. And um and the first couple, uh, maybe a couple of weeks and maybe a month was really um, a learning curve for me to get into the, you know, the vibe. But I was very lucky. The team was so welcoming. The tennis team was like a second family from the first day. And they really, you know, took me under their kindness and, and they were really helping me getting, knowing what to do. And, you know, they were like, just follow me, uh, just follow my steps and it'll be okay. Just do like I do and you'll be fine. <laughs> I have a question for you. Since you are a tennis geo, I have my favorite tennis geo culture shock question. Are you ready? Sure. How did it feel when, or did it happen to you that while you're right before the lesson, you had a guy show up in Speedo and running shoes to do a tennis lesson? Did this happen to you? <laughs> it's quite common in club heads. And if it did happen, how did you handle it? <laughs> you mean when it was me doing that or yes, when I no, saw something? No. <laughs> well, no, like you're, you're the instructor. You're getting ready for your advanced lesson or intermediate yeah. and, a, and a GM shows up in a Speedo because I've seen this too many times yeah. uh, in running shoes. <laughs> he has running shoes, so he has the proper footwear, not the proper attire, but did that happen to you? Did anyone show up in a Speedo? Yeah, probably a couple of times. And okay. I'm sure that, you know, <laughs> as a good geo that we became and we were we all, all were i think we just let in there just to see people's reaction <laughs> okay for as long as we could well, i did, <laughs> I did see I, where the joke could carry on well i did have but a very it, vocal uh, i love this guy I had italian I, I had an italian instructor in in turkey and he went nuts he flipped out whenever that <laughs> happened and he convinced the gm that oh no no you're not here for tennis you're here you want the beach oh the beach is that way sir he's there no 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 i'm here for tennis oh no clearly you're not here for tennis you know so he would just go nuts so i was always wondering what what other tennis geos how they handled that situation so far he's the only one that's handled it that way you guys were all you're all cool you're all like yeah whatever okay <laughs> whatever it's fun let's see how far yeah. we can carry that joke yeah. and see people's reactions i don't know where you're going to put the tennis balls but okay <laughs> let's let's try this okay all right <laughs> yeah okay. Clement is all about fun so you so, know whenever uh, we could make 
a joke you, out of something. It was did you, good. Do you have any t- any hard time settling into the hours? I mean, when you started, there was already a day off in place, but the, the hours were long. So did you have any problem uh, to the six day a week grind? Yeah, it was very uh, intense at first, physically speaking, you know, speaking about uh, the heat itself, humidity, you're always uh, active, running, you know, playing tennis or doing shows. So it was extremely um, demanding and adjusting to that. I think I could fall asleep easily in five minutes, have a nap for 20 minutes. I was so tired at first. And eventually, you know, I got into the rhythm. There was one part of it which was difficult were the show rehearsals at night. It was, it was very difficult. <laughs> I yes. think one time I was pretty vocal about it. And, you know, I hope I didn't, you know, make anyone feel bad about it. But it's like, hey, you this is get, too difficult. You, you, know? <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't get more vocal than me about late night rehearsals. Trust me. I, I, mean, yeah. I made it hell for choreographers. Why are we doing this at night? I learn better in the daytime. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think you and I shared the same talent in dancing. So it was yeah. definitely a lot more work to do at one, one in the morning to do an hour rehearsal. But eventually the shows became a big source of, uh, of fun and happiness uh, in doing that job. So I didn't mind learning the few steps so I could be part of a show and, you know, be part of the gang at night. It was really fun. Since you admitted you were an introvert when you got there, how did you handle yeah. the uh, dinner three times a day with guests? Was that rough at first? No, I didn't mind the, the dinners. Um, I think that was more conventional from what I was used to. It's more the, the crazy signs and the, the stage appearance, especially uh, doing Greece, uh, you know, just wearing a very tiny towel around my waist. <laughs> the first time was with Petri, which is, you know, twice my size and, you know, completely okay were, with were being you, naked on the stage. So. <laughs> were, were, you a da- were you a dancer before Club Ed? Had you ever done something No, like no, that? never. No, crazy no, signs? Nothing. No, no <laughs> neither. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, did you like any of the, the music, like any of the crazy signs or maybe not necessarily? Yeah, yeah, of course. It was, it became fun. I mean, I can associate some, some of the geos of Chief of Village with some of the crazy signs. So yeah, of course there's some classics like, uh, I don't know, Muevelo, which, you know, remained, yes. uh, Star, Starlight, which was um, uh, Renato's. Um, oh, that's know, right. Own, that's, yeah. You had one, I think, if I recall, uh, which was more like uh, Asian. Yes, I, I just did a year in Asia, so I brought, you know, good or bad, I brought this one to uh, to paradise called Hong Dong, uh, which yeah, which I loved when yeah, I got to cool. when I got to Asia. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I said, "Oh, I have to, I have to do this in paradise." So, and no one knew what was happening when I first busted it. Yeah, out. that one was very chill, very chill. <laughs> you know, very laid back. You know, Tomake reminds me oh, of like yeah. the party and the Tomake. tequila. Yes. And what else? Um, there was one Angie was always doing. It was like her intro, Chris Sign. It was like Absolutely or something like that, right? Is it Absolutely Everybody? Yeah, yeah, exactly. By, That's uh, the one. Vanessa yeah. Morosi. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I performed that one in Australia when I, I was probably, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite ones too, because I was in yeah, Australia. Cool. She's from Australia. The Olympics were happening. So that one always has a special place uh, with me. So speaking yeah. of uh, Angie, I think you, uh, in your pre-interview, <laughs> sorry, there's no pre-interview, guys. We just spoke. Uh, you mentioned something about Angie and, and, the, and the NBA, and I asked you to save this story for, uh, for the interview. So would you be able to tell me what Yeah, it, what you was? know, I loved Angie. She, she, was, um, she was a great chief of village. I admire her positivity and, you know, the energy she brings uh, to GMs and GOs. And, you know, she, 
I will always remember her as a real role model in how she handled a team of, I don't know, 120 geos. And the twist she gave to it was very positive and she's a great person. But I was coming from, you know, one year of being an MBA where you overanalyze everything and you, you want to make a case study of, out of everything. And, you know, I always had a comment with her. I was like, hey, what do you think? We do this and we do that. And I think one day she showed up and, and she was giving me some indication how we were about to handle a, a night event at the tennis courts. And before I could you know, say a word, she looked at me and she was a bit in a hurry. So, you know, she had a short temper that day and she looked at me and she said, look, Fabrice, I don't have time for your constructive feedback right now. So just do as I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) And I loved it. The way she said it, I was like, she's all right. (laughs) Okay. So, so there was, um, there was an event going on and you had like, you had notes. Is that what you mean? Like, no, but I think she knew she could. She knew me by then, and she knew I was okay. going to come up with a few ideas and comments and whatnot. And she was okay. like, "I don't have time for your constructive feedback right now. <laughs> Just do as <laughs> but, I tell you." <laughs> but I have a PowerPoint right over here at the, at the pro exactly. shop, ready to go. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that was me. Uh, you know, out of school, we always, you know, we always try to show what we learn and put that in practice. <laughs> So, yeah. Christmas is coming around. So, and New Year's, did you, uh, did you ever been away from home for Christmas before or worked on Christmas day or they were just regular, no, I never worked regular days for, for you? Yeah. Uh, did it bother you or was it just, eh, that's the job? It was very special because you try to be in the spirit, you know, between the other geos. So we had a little event, uh, the geo team, where we exchanged gifts um, between each other. So that was really nice just before um, the, the Christmas dinner. And, you know, I could, it was, it was a bit difficult. Yeah. Christmas being away from family. New Year's Eve was more fun because everyone's enjoying it and it was a different thing, but being away from family on those special days and Easter's too was, uh, but you know, eventually, well, I, I realized that this was my family. My family was there this year. It was um, just particular. And my new family was Clamed and Gio. So I think it was, it was nice to be all together and, you know, exchange, you know, good words and a good vibe between each other. So it went along fine. But I recall it was a lot of work, all the setup we had to do, you know, moving all the chairs, moving all the decorations. So yes. yeah, it was extra work every time those holidays. And it was intense to see how, mobilized the whole village was to make something very unique for for the guest and and basically you know it's your work and you do it for the guest and you try to enjoy it at the same time as much as you can so yeah it was a bit difficult but at the same time it went well very well you mentioned shows before did gabby approach you to be in them or did you (laughs) approach her did you like see i'm gonna get this over with i'm gonna go up to her or did you wait for her to come after you no, I, I was and I wasn't that enthusiastic about uh, the shows, but eventually, <laughs> you know, they, they're running for a season. So, as it goes, you, you're part of um, the cast. Let's say the regular cast for people, and I was just, you know, being introduced to uh, a couple of shows. So I think I only did two or three uh, at the end. But no, I think she had no choice <laughs> taking me. She was lacking talent on stage, and and. Um, JB, the chief of sport, always wanted the the tennis team and the the geo the sports geo team to be in front to be part of the the animation also, so we could you know be very uh, proactive and be seen around the the village and share the energy that we had. So not that we had much option, 
But, you know, I, I think at some point I loved it because a lot of the fun between the geos happened during the shows backstage. It was, you know, there is this, this rush, this uh, adrenaline. And, you know, we, we always had a good dinner before and we'd take one or two drinks and, you know, everyone was relaxed and really enjoying what we do and what we did. And, and it was really special every time. I, I really enjoyed that. It was fun. Did you have any time? I know you were busy, but any time to learn another skill or another sport you hadn't tried while you were there? Well, that's that's very sad. I didn't. Um, every time we had one day off and I would take the time to relax on my day off. And every time I booked um, um, for an excursion or a new sport, I didn't show up. So bad that at some point there was a rule for geos. If you wouldn't show up at the excursion, you would pay for the excursion anyway. So <laughs> I caused a, a new precedent at Club Med for geos. So I apologize for all the other geos in the world. Maybe it was my bad. <laughs> but <laughs> no, unfortunately, I wish I did uh, scuba uh, or diving. But yeah, every time it was so physical, I had to just take the day off. I would go to the spa in Atlantis and just chill the whole day, do nothing. It was my way of, you know, <laughs> okay. relaxing. Mm. And uh, other than your, your Angie MBA story, which I love, by the way, do you have any other funny, clean, appropriate stories from that first season? Classic geo blunders, anything? Oh, well, like some like funny, uh, yeah, funny stories. Um, you know, um, it, it's it, it's a big friendship between uh, geos. And at some point, um, I, won't, I won't give name, but one of no. the geo came to me one day and he said, yeah, I need your help. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? Come in my room. Uh, look, I'll give you a drink, but I really need you to write a letter in English. I'm like, okay, fine. What is it about? It's for this girl. Okay, that's interesting now. So I became his Cyrano de Bergerac, so his writer of love letters in English for every girl he was dating. <laughs> so it happened maybe on, you know, three, four occasions. It was really funny. So I had a couple of free drinks, thanks to him. And I just had to write a couple, you know, love notes. And he had clear indications. He told me, I want her to cry when she reads that in the plane. <laughs> oh boy, okay. <laughs> Mission, mission accomplished. Okay. okay. So where did you develop your writing talent? Okay. I'm guessing at so, university. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It was funny. Yeah. That's the kind of bond you create with the, you know, your friends there. So. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you a side question. So all these I said are, I won't uh, say names. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, let me ask you a side question. After all these years, do you still have a, a dream, a recurring dream while you're back working at Club Med or, or you don't get those dreams at all? Yeah, yeah. It's even a daydream. Sometimes I'm, I'm, okay. I can picture myself, you know, just playing tennis at Paradise Island and see the harbor in the background and the sunset were just amazing there. It was, it was fantastic. So yeah, it was great. It was great. And I went back to Club Med a few times, but obviously it's different from the experience when you're on the other side, when you become a guest. But yeah, yeah, a lot of daydreams and yeah, great memories. I only stayed one season. Um, unfortunately, I wish I did more now with a little more experience. But maybe if I stayed one more season, it would have led me to five years. So maybe it was a good thing I left yeah. after all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're from Montreal, the whole, you know, and you realize you could avoid winter by oh, yeah. signing up for another one. That's, that's what happened to me. If I, I always say if I'd been from California, Florida, or Hawaii, I probably never would have stayed that long at all. But when you're from Montreal, you know, especially now uh, we're doing this interview on October 1st. 
It's a no brainer. Uh, the, 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 uh, the geese are leaving in droves. Uh, so we know what's coming. <laughs> exactly. Did you meet any uh, athletes or celebrities uh, at your time on the paradise that you recognized? You know, oh, sure. We had many. Tennis, tennis pros. Sure. Yeah. Well, paradise was known for its tennis center. We, we were a big uh, geo team, tennis AT, geo team. ATP, right? Yeah. It was uh, an ATP um, certified camp let's say and uh, so yes we had a former tennis player john horsefall who taught us um, the the program uh, and because it was so close to miami we had uh, a few players that came around uh, so the finalist of uh, roland garros the french open to, to 2003 a french open um, a dutch guy I think his name was Martin Verkerk. And we had Justine and I, which was a former number one women player in the world. She came there for her, her honeymoon, actually. And she stayed maybe two weeks at Clement. And, and she did play she, once, right? Yeah, she practiced a few times and uh, she played once. Okay. Uh, with a, and her husband, too, was playing. Uh, so we had the occasional tennis players uh, that would come trained there. I think it was free for them to stay at Clamed. I think I ran into um, Sean Connery once at Atlantis. You did? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think he had a, he had a, he had a place, right, on yeah, the island? Lyford, yeah, a place called Lyford Key. A very exactly. secluded uh, for wealthy yeah, citizens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some other famous people, uh, well, famous in the news today, um, we're also living there and throwing Uh-oh. parties and okay, some yeah, geos. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're going to say. Yeah, just uh, yeah. You just, you just made the news today for extradition. Yeah. But yeah, no need to talk about him. Okay. No, no. <laughs> and yeah, this Quebec singer, Isabelle Boulet, which came a few times. We, we had dinner with her a couple of times. And uh, Corey Hart, I think, was also uh, living on the grounds not too far. So. Yes, where the sailing shack was. That yeah, was exactly. His, uh, his parents' place right yeah. next door to the because it was kind of a, a weird village where you had the road and the road separated i mean their house was actually on the club med compound but it was you know it was kind of a weird resort i've never been to a yeah. resort like that where you enter your house is in the on the club med campus so to speak exactly <laughs> yeah, only place i've ever experienced that and we had the visit also of uh, club med ceo when he became ceo um, at some point so yeah it was there was always some VIP guests that we had to be careful with and, you know, make sure that they had a pleasant stay. And, and they were all, always very nice to us. So, you know, yes, it's only yes. good memory. Okay. I have another question. Now, you, I know, I know you geos, you tennis geos, your team had a tournament of your own, but if, <laughs> but no, but if I asked you, like, if you could, if you could be impartial, so if you can't say yourself, so I'm saying you can't name yourself as who you thought was the best player, but if you had to in your opinion, nominate someone else, like who you thought was the best player. But again, you don't have to answer that question. At yeah, all. yeah, yeah. You can be diplomatic and say, no, everybody, <laughs> everybody was at the same level, but, but you could pass or phone a friend on this question. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they all, they all had, you know, their talent. I think for those that remember Peter had an amazing backhand, Miguel, amazing style too. Petri, I think was probably the best but I think he, he didn't want to really take the risk of playing the tournament. So he, he never showed us his best talent on the court. 
and he was the boss, so we kind of respected that. No, and we no like, but if you so no, but if you said, you know what, like, no, okay, it's I can't name myself, so I think this person overall. No, I, it wasn't okay. me for sure. I can tell okay. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we even had a, a mini tennis tournament just to see, you know, who had the best uh, talent, like playing short balls and and you know touch of ball and so on. And Renato is pretty good. He was a squash player, amazing yes. uh, touch of ball. So everyone stood out in their own different way. But I can't recall who won at the end. I just can't remember. Okay, let me let me ask you this. And okay, so outside of tennis, now were there any? You've you've already mentioned Angie. Were there any other geos or uh, chef de service or that uh, or work ethic of someone that you noticed they did something a certain way that you liked and copied? Or was there anyone else like that for you? Yeah, I think you know all the senior geos. Angie, yourself. There was another chief of village. I think it was Laurent. Do I remember correctly? I bet. You mean also. Was it a, I mean, like a chief of village in training that was there? Yeah, I think, right. Okay. At yeah, some point, it's... we had three chief of village uh, at Paradise. Oh, yes. And he was the one yes, on yes. duty, of course. Oh, but... yes. We had the tall, the tall French guy. Oh, I can't remember his name. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, all of them, because when you come from outside and it's your first season, I mean, Clamet is a very special place to live and work. And it looks like a lot of fun, but it's actually serious work behind that. And, and you see the talent of uh, Chief of Village, how they really relate with uh, guests and how they create this bond with guests, but also with all, the whole geo team to create this atmosphere. And um, I really admire the hard work they do physically, but also with their relationship with coworkers and guests and how they manage that to create that atmosphere was amazing. JB also is a hard worker, very ambitious, and I think he made it. JB was our chief chief of uh, sports, and he made it eventually to chief of village, um, which I think he truly deserves. But, you know, also the random geos and G's, uh, employees working on the grounds, you know, all of them always had a smile. They were super nice to geos and to guests. And, you know, the ladies that were placing people at, at the restaurant were super nice with us. You know, yeah, the kitchen team. Everyone at the restaurant and reception too, because you always end up at reception for a reason or another. So people like Danny, they were all great people. I mean, I I think, I don't know if I was lucky and every season is the same, but I think I had an amazing team and it was an amazing season. So I can't complain. It was great. You are right, sir, about that. Cannot argue. Now, as your season was coming to an end, because you mentioned you only did the one. So you were there roughly six months-ish? Exactly. Yeah, okay. I did a stint back home. I had to go back home to fix some family business. Okay. And, you know, when you live half season, usually it's impossible to go back, but they really needed someone at the tennis. And my team started to do a lot of uh, lobbying to bring me back. So they, they were calling people in Miami. They were like, we need Fabrice back. He needs to come back. He's part of the family. He's the one we want. And at first management was like, no, he left. We we can't have him back. That's the rule. But um, they were they made they made it work. You mean that they lobbied for you to come back to Paradise Island? Yes, exactly. And it worked after maybe two weeks. Uh, I got a call and they were like, okay, you're going back. This is exceptional, but uh, they really miss you out there. And I was so happy to go back for another three months and uh, start all over again. And when I came back, I was so motivated, you know, so grateful of, you know, the chance of living that again. That's when I kind of, you know, took advantage of every minute. So since I usually ask the magical question, what season was magical if you only did one one season at Paradise? But you mentioned before that you know, we, there was a lot of talent on that team when uh, when you arrived. And it's uh, if you're going to do one season, well, then that one 
that would be the one because that one stood out for me too. And I already done, I'd already did about eight years at that point. So you were right. You're right about that. Very yeah. Right. The best I can do is, you know, have uh, my occasional daydreaming about going back. And, and what's great, you know, those podcasts are amazing because it, it gives us the chance to catch up with uh, some of them that did uh, the same season as me and like Tanis, like Gabby. We have some parties sometimes where we can meet uh, former geos and some of the team. We had a Zoom event where all the tennis geo team from paradise met and it was great to see everyone it's really a family uh, even if we're not speaking every day it really remained a family because what we live was so intense and we were we were there for each other you know making sure that the team was one and wow look it's um it's one of those moments in life that really teach you a lot not just on the moment but even you know for years later it's um it's a great thing you're right yeah i Cannot uh, improve on what you said, and I'm glad to see that uh, I'd heard that you guys had a, a Zoom uh, a couple of months ago, which was yeah. a very, very nice idea. Am I forgetting to ask you any any other stories? Like before I let you go, like uh, is there any other anything you wanted to say about Clubmed? Would you recommend it to someone who was thinking about working there? Yeah, of course. Months? I think I think it's a great experience to um, you know to know to know more about yourself and discover about your own, you know, uh, weakness and qualities and strength. It's amazing. And no matter what you do in life as a real job, you know, actually there was one event where it happened twice when I was working there that I saw former clients that were guests at Clamet. So some of my former uh, clients in finance in Monaco showed up as guests uh, in Paradise Island. And um, at first I was so shy. I was like, they can't see me working here and do crazy signs. It's not serious. I used to sell, you know, millions of euros and dollars to these people. They're going to, they're not going to take me seriously once I go back in the finance market. And I was so shy. And every time it happened the same way, at some point I was just be like, look, just show up and you say what you do while you're here. And, you know, they're not going to judge you. And it happened that both of them had been geos before and they told me, wow, you're so lucky. I used to do that before I got into finance. And, and you know, it just made me realize that it's something very honorable, actually, to do. And instead of uh, being shy about it, I just had to be more, you know, proud and really take advantage of the, the, the chance that I could be there and learn from what I, I was doing. So it just turned out to be an amazing experience. Wow, that's great. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Okay, well. I'm really happy that you uh, you came on, uh, Fabrice. I'm glad you shared your very uh, original and unique story with us. Thank you so much. Thanks for the uh, for the occasion. I really appreciate. It. Thank you, Greg. Well, Jean, that was from my hometown of Montreal, Mr. Fabrice. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Say bye, Fabrice. <laughs> bye, everyone. <laughs> bye, guys.